Hey, we're going to continue on with our series called Follow. And how many people enjoyed the first two? <laughs> All right. We're going to continue our series on Follow. And the first week we discovered that following Jesus is actually not about so much about uh, living perfect. It's actually just about following him. In fact, what we discovered in the first week is that every single person that Jesus called to follow them had two prerequisites. The first one is that they were a sinner. And the second thing is that they didn't believe in him. And, you know, we, we, we have this wrong concept. And unfortunately, for some reason, uh, we've communicated this to our communities. We have this wrong concept that to follow Jesus, you have to be perfect. But Jesus never asked for that. Jesus said, just come follow me. Just come follow me. Come with your doubts. Come with your unbelief. Come with your concerns. All I'm asking is just come follow me. See what I'm about. And you decide for yourself whether I'm somebody worth following. And I just think that's awesome because we, it's not about getting right before you can come to him. It's about coming to him and in the process of following him. And as we'll see this morning, the stuff that Jesus asks us to do is not really anything more than what would be normal for anybody. He says things like love one another. That's, that's okay, isn't it? That, that's not, a, that's not a, a religious request to me. That's just what we should do as humankind. Love each other. In fact, people would say to you that Christianity is exclusive, but Jesus teaches that Christianity is inclusive. It's like love everybody. It's not like only love those ones that don't look nice and smell good and shave and have baths at least once a week. It's like love everybody. And so Jesus is not exclusive. Jesus is inclusive. And he showed that by the fact that he calls every single person, if you read through the Gospels, when he calls them, none of them are so-called Christians. They are just people that decide that they want to follow Jesus and see what Jesus is all about. And in week two, we discovered that when you follow Jesus, there's some myths. People think that when you follow Jesus, you become a better person. That's the end goal of following Jesus. And yes, if you follow Jesus and you follow some of the things that he says, like don't steal and don't murder and do those things, you'll become a better person. But the goal of following Jesus is not to become a better person. In fact, Jesus never ever said that if you follow me, you'll become a better person. Jesus never ever said, if you follow me, the end result is, is that you'll go to heaven. Yes, you'll go to heaven if you follow Jesus, but that's not Jesus' pure goal. Jesus' pure goal, when you study Scripture and read what he said, was that you could live a life without fear. Well, you didn't have to fear what came your way, that you could get to a point when following God where you trust him so much that he has you in his hands that you don't have to fear anything that comes your way. I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty cool end goal, to get to a place where I don't have to live a life of fear that I don't have to be afraid, but I know that God is with me no matter what is happening, that my God is for me. And so this morning I want to talk to you about, the scripture actually teaches us about what, if you're a follower, what you should wear. Some people are like, straight away you're thinking, no mini skirts. Well, we're going to find out what the Bible says about what we should wear, but the reason that we're talking about what we should wear as followers is because what you wear usually represents who you're following. For example, if you're re wearing red and black, who are you supporting? Well, Crusaders is close enough to something. If red and black is Crusaders colors, yes? Where are you this morning? If you're wearing gold and green, what are you supporting? God help you. If you're wearing all black, who do you support? All right, we get in there. 
Yeah, you wear the colors of the team that you represent. What you wear shows who you represent, yeah? What if you shave your head and you wear like an orange kind of thing all over you? What are you then? Buddhist. Yes? And why do they wear that? Because they're showing people that we follow Buddhism. If you wear a burqa, what are you following? Islam. Now, I'm not saying anything. Don't get freaking out on me. I'm just saying that even in religion, people wear different things to show who it is that they're following. And when we understand that Jesus actually talks to us, if you're a follower of Christ, there's certain things that you've got to wear. And I'm not talking about clothing, because that's religion, and Jesus is about relationship. And so let me just show you a little bit this morning, because these are Jesus' last words, and it, it starts to give us an indication about what it is that followers should wear. And Jesus said this and in John 13, 34. He says to his disciples, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I love that Jesus says this, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. Not, not, not as you have loved each other. Yes? But as I have loved you. I want you to love other people like I love you. Not, not how you want to be loved or how you think you should be loved or what you think that person deserves to be loved, but how I've loved you, I want you to love one another. And then he goes on in verse 35 and says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But loving one another as Christ loves us, by this, by that kind of love, everyone will know that you're my disciples. In other words, he's saying is, this is the mark that distinguishes you, that sets you apart, that identifies you, that you're someone who follows Jesus. He's saying that I want people, when they come into connection with you, to have an experience so that their response would be, oh, they must be followers of Jesus because of how they love each other and how they love me, oh, they must be a Jesus follower. They must be someone that follows Jesus. He's saying that I want this to be the thing that identifies you. If you're following the Crusaders, red and black identify you. If you're following the All Blacks, we're in All Black stuff identifies you. But Jesus says if you're a follower of me, then what will identify you that you're a follower of me is that you'll love others as I have loved you. And then I love Peter, because this is in the verse, next verse. Like, Jesus is giving, like, his last little kind of bits of information, yeah? It's like, you, you want, you'd think they'll be on the edge of their seat going, please, tell me some more before you go. And then Peter's response is this in verse 36. And then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? I don't know about you, but he's right giving his last little piece of advice. Let me give you the key that sums up everything that I've just done in the last three years of you. And Peter's response is, yeah, but where are you going? <laughs> I, I think sometimes we're like that when it comes to our walk with Christ or when it comes to when we've been in church for a long time because we've heard love one another, love your enemies, love this. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 but where are you going? We kind of dismiss it so quickly because we've heard the whole love one another thing so many times and, and, and it's just like, oh yeah, I've heard this before and so we switch off and 
We stop engaging. But the thing is, is Jesus isn't saying this as a tagline. It's not like a throwaway line. It's not like a nice religious statement. He's saying, I want this to mark you. I want this to be the thing that is the identifying clothing of your life is that you love one another as I have loved you. I want you to wear this kind of love so that everybody knows that you're on my team. It's not just a, I love one another, I've heard that all before. No, 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 no. This needs to be the thing that identifies who you are and who you're following. It's not just a nice thought. It's not just a nice idea. It's so important. And the reason why it's so important is because the gravitational pull of religion is always to rule keeping. Do this and do that and don't do that and don't do this. And, and, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You have to understand that I'm going in a different direction. And when it following me, it's not about rule keeping. It's about loving one another. It's not about how good you are. It's about whether you love people the way that I love you. It's not about how, how good you are. It's not how perfect you are that marks you as a Christ follower. It's actually about how you love others that marks you as a Christ follower. Because religion is all about rules. Jesus is all about relationship. And the reason why we preferred rules is because rules are easier to do and it allows me to stay in control of my life. If I know that all I've got to do is do this and I'll do that and I'll do that and when I do something wrong I just ask Jesus forgiveness and then we're okay and I'm all good and me and Jesus are fine because I've kept all the rules and I've ticked all the boxes and I've read my Bible and I did all, then, then I'm all good. But the problem is this, is Jesus said you can do all that and then hate your brother and that's not good. You see, rule keeping says and religion says if I do all these things I'm okay. But when, when it's about me, there's no relationship. Jesus is saying, you can keep all the rules, but if you don't love other people as I have loved you, you're not a follower. You're just a rule keeper. And I think it's a big challenge that God puts in our direction because, you know, I don't know about you, but that doesn't come naturally, yeah? To do that. But Jesus is kind of saying, man, I don't want this whole thing, this whole following of me, to have this gravitational pull to rule-keeping like all the other religions have. I want this to be about relationship. I want this to be about you. I want this to be about what I have done. And, and the thing is, is the problem with religion and the problem with church, if we talk for it, I guarantee there are some people here this morning in this place that some of you have been hurt or rejected in the name of religion. Some of you, it's probably the first time you've been in church in a long time because you were basically abused and mistreated in the name of Jesus. Well, friend, can I tell you this morning that if you have been mistreated and you have been abused and you have been hurt and rejected by the church, that's not Jesus, that's called religion. Because my Jesus says that if I'm a follower, then I will love you just how Christ has loved me. Which means in the church there's no place for judgmental attitudes. Because judgmental attitudes come from rule keeping. Well, I've done this and this and therefore I'm better than you because I kept the rules and you haven't kept the rules. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's how all the religions go. Where we're going is we're going to love one another just like I loved you. So 
So people turn their back on Jesus and turn their back on God because of how they've been treated by religion instead of relationship. And the crazy thing is, is it causes people to turn away from a God that sent his only son because he loved them so much that he died on the cross for their sin because he didn't want them to end up in hell but to end up in heaven. He loved them so much that he did that for them. And what the church has done in time and what we have done in the past is we have preached rules and regulations and it has rejected and it has wounded people from a God that came to love people. All religion gravitates towards rule keeping rather than relationship because it's so much easier to check the list than it is to love people. It's hard to love the people especially that guy at work. You know the one. You know that guy at work. I can see it now. Your eyes are lighting up. You're thinking of somebody right now. You know that auntie that you have to do Christmas with, but you'd like to avoid it at all costs? Yes? I've even, I think once when I had to spend some time with Auntie Peggy, please, I hope she never hears this. I should change the name to protect the innocent. Auntie Piggy, Seth used to call her when he was little, Auntie Piggy. I think it's probably a better name. <laughs> well, it's just a joke. Calm down. But I remember mum said to me, this Christmas we have to spend Christmas with Auntie Piggy. I was considering one day when I was riding my bike, riding it into a brick wall to damage myself in some way so I didn't have to spend Christmas with Auntie Piggy. You know the people I'm talking about. But you know, the crazy thing is the scripture actually teaches us what it is. The apostle Paul teaches us in the book of Colossians what it is as Christians that we're meant to wear. How many people want to know what sort of clothing you should wear this morning? All right, let me get into this. It's in Colossians 3 verse 12. And he says this, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves. Now, Paul's not talking about Christian t-shirts, you know, some of those Christian t-shirts, I wish we just burnt them, I, I just think they're horrible, I think half of them are just so corny, they deserve to just, just should never have been printed, they should just go to the, I don't know, they need to go somewhere, because they just look stupid, and it makes Christianity look dorky, some are cool, but a lot of them are really dumb, it's just my personal opinion, he's not talking about Christian t-shirts here, he's saying, in Colossians 6, clothe yourselves with, are you ready for this? Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He says these are the things that you need to be wearing. These are the things that you need to clothe yourself in. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And here's the crazy thing. So many people, especially in our community, think that the church is a place of judgment because they've been so badly judged. But actually, the Apostle Paul is saying, and Jesus is saying, is what should be the clothing of the church should be compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And here's the crazy thing about it, is you take, you take Jesus out of this and you just go and tell somebody, if I, if I had a meeting in the town hall with people from our community and said, you know what would be a really cool thing is if we were people that, that when people saw us, they saw compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience, everyone would go, yeah, come on. Everyone should be like that. 
We should show compassion to one another. We should be kind. We should be gentle. We should be humble. We should be patient with people. Jesus is not actually asking you to do anything like, you know, don't do this or don't do that. He's just saying, hey, this, this makes common sense that we should wear this kind of clothing. And what he's trying to say is that if you're a Christian, this should be what people see on you. This is the kind of clothing. And so he starts with compassion. Well, what does compassion mean? Well, the crazy thing is, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, you know how we say to, to people, you know, um, you say, I love you with all of my heart. Have you ever said that to someone? I love you with all of my heart. Isaac has. The rest of the husbands, you are in trouble when you get home. Well, the crazy thing is back in this day, the Jews and the Gentiles, they didn't say, I love you with all of my heart. They, they would say, I love you with all of my bowels. It's a little bit gross, isn't it? Guys, if you're single and there's a girl that you're interested in, just go out to her and say, hey, sweetie, love you with all of my bowels. She was like, But the reason why they said, I love you with all of my bowels, it's really about, I love you, is, is that compassion is that kind of like, oh, we just really feel it in your guts for somebody when they're going through difficulty. That's what com- compassion is talking about. It's about this, oh, this thing where you just really feel the pain that the person is going through. Some of you are laughing because you're thinking about diarrhea, and that's not what I'm talking about. But you know what I mean? When something happens in somebody's life, the general response is, especially if it's their own fault, is, well, you're an idiot. You shouldn't have done this, and you shouldn't have done that. And if you didn't do that, that wouldn't have happened. No, no, no. That's not what Paul says that we should clothe ourselves in. Clove ourselves in. Paul says that we should clothe ourselves in compassion. So no matter how much of an idiot they have been and how much of it is their fault, that our response is, oh, man, I really feel for you. I really, our first response should not be, teach you right, shouldn't have jumped off the veranda into the second story high, stupid kid, as he's lying there with his leg out sideways. No, the response should be, are you okay? Are you all right? You can tell him he's an idiot after he's been fixed. But our initial response should be of that of compassion of like, oh man, I really feel for you. I really feel for what you're going through. If that was the initial response of us to most people, then when they confess the stupid things that they've done, they wouldn't be so afraid about, because the Bible says this, that if we confess our sins to one another, then God will forgive us and save us. And so I think that there's a whole lot of people that are too scared to confess really what's happening in their world because the response has not been, oh man, it's been, you're an idiot. What if, what if we clothed ourselves with compassion? So that our first response in every situation was, oh man, I really feel for you. I really feel for what you're going through. And then maybe then when we make a connection, later on you might be allowed to bring correction. It says compassion. Jesus wants us to be people that our first response is that we feel what you're going through, man. I feel what you're experiencing. Regardless of whether it's a bad decision or not, Man, I, and you could have stopped this from happening. My response is, man, I, I just, man, I feel for you. How cool is that? 
Kindness. First one was compassion. Second one is kindness. You know that word kindness in the Greek means this, to lend your strength to somebody. How cool is that? To lend your strength to someone else. Kindness is someone needs something done for them, so I do it for them. I lend, I loan my strength to them. I give my strength to them. Jesus says, not only do I want you to have compassion and really feel for them, but then I want you to loan your strength to them as they're going through a really tough period in their lives. Be with them. Give them of your strength in their moment of need. See, this is, this is not just something that I believe that, that Paul and Jesus is trying to say Christians should only do. I believe this is something that all humanity should do. But what Jesus and Paul are saying is that if we are Christians, if we are followers of Christ, this better be what we wear. Goes on, it says humility, and humility is simply this. I had some really cool PowerPoints, man. I worked on them all week. Curse you. They were really cool. They were really like, they were really cool. Really cool. I might just have to show them next week before I speak, just so you can see how cool they were. Anyway, humility. So the first one is compassion. The second one is kindness. And the third one is humility. What's humility? Seeing myself as I really am in relationship to God and people. Seeing myself as I really am in relationship to God and people. It's really about viewing yourself accurately. Seeing yourself for really where you're at in your relationship with others and with God. It's an accurate view of myself in relationship to others. It's understanding that I am no better. I am no better and I'm no less than anyone else. I am just who I am and they are who they are and God loves me and God loves them. It's not, humility is not reducing myself to making myself feel lower than anybody else and it's certainly not about thinking I'm better than anyone else. It's just about this is who I am, that's who they are, they're not better than me. I'm not better than them. I'm not less than them. They're not less than me. It's just like, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. And that is where they are. And you know, here's the cool thing. God loves me and God loves you. It's really that simple. And then it goes on to gentleness. Gentleness, I think, is one of the most important, one of the most important characteristics that we could have because to me, gentleness is this. It's it's a decision to respond to you in light of your strengths and your weaknesses instead of responding to you out of my strengths. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like rather than I come into your world and, and you're going for a real difficult time and, and I come in and let me tell you about how, how strong I am and how amazing I am and how brilliant I got through a similar circumstance that you're going through right now. Let me teach you, young man, from the wisdom of my strength. No, no, no. Gentleness is about saying, you know what, I'm just going to come in at the level that you're at. I, I don't come in where you're at. I, I'm, it's not here for me to, to, to sit down with Pete and tell him how strong I am and look at all my strengths. It's about where are you at, Pete? What's happening in your world? And I bring myself to a place where I'm, I'm level where he is so that we can work together to come out of his situation or to change his circumstance. It, it's, it's about... That's about 
dialing me back, dialing what I think back, dialing what I believe back, and building relationship with the person where they're at and helping them build from their place rather than saying, this is where I live and you need to come up to me. I'm going to come to where you are and we're going to come up together. Does that make sense this morning? It's responding at the level of where they're at instead of where I'm at. So it means I'm not going to come in and talk about who I am and what I've accomplished and how strong I am and how awesome I am. I'm going to dial it down. I'm going to gear it down to a level of the person that I'm talking to so I don't come across in a condescending way, but I come across in gentleness. I'm communicating that my relationship with you is more important than you being impressed by how awesome I am. And so I adjust, I adjust for your benefit. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Patience is simply this. It's deciding to go at the speed of another person. Patience is, Patience, patience, patience is deciding to go at the speed of the other person. You know, I don't know uh, whether this comes across sometimes, but sometimes I get a little bit frustrated sometimes. I know it's hard to believe. and it's, uh, Even as parents, sometimes we can get frustrated with our kids, yes? Yeah, have you ever had that conversation with a kid, like act your age, not your shoe size? You know, you're a little bit frustrated with them because one minute they're acting like they're mature and the next minute they're just acting their age and you're like, what is going on with you? You know, what's your problem? Well, patience is about this. It's about dropping my speed down to the level of their speed so I can walk with them. So I can walk with them where they're at. And when they speed up and mature, I walk with them in that. When they act their age, I walk with them in that. It's just about lowering my pace down so that I'm going at the speed of someone else. I'm going to move at your speed rather than my speed because I want to show you compassion and I want to show you kindness and I want to show you humility and I want to show you gentleness and I want to show you patience. And you know what all of this talks to me about? It's not about me. It's about them. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus. Jesus who lowered Jesus God in the flesh all-powerful God who limited himself to a human body. It limited himself to earth for three years. It limited himself. That brought himself down to our level at our pace and loaned his strength to us and showed us compassion. It's really saying, this is what I wore. I reckon you should wear it too. See, this is the stuff that Paul is saying we need to put on every morning. And, and if he says this, he says, clothe yourselves. In other words, we have to do this, yeah? And there's not a person in this place that gets up in the morning and your clothes automatically go onto your body. It'd be cool though, wouldn't it? If you didn't have to really dress yourself. Oh, that's called being a baby. Um, but there's not a person in this place that when you get up in the morning, you have to put your pants on and you have to, well, hopefully you put your undies on first. You have to put your undies on. You have to put your pants on. 
You've got to get yourself dressed. Nobody dresses you. It's something you've got to do yourself. You've got to clothe yourself. And Paul is saying, you need to clothe yourself with these things. It's almost like, see, we're so good at doing the armor of God. You know, I put on the helmet of salvation today and the breastplate of righteousness. And, blah, 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 and, we do, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do all that. But Paul is saying, you need to do this too. You need to clothe yourself with this. You need to put on compassion every morning. You need to put on gentleness every morning. You need to put on kindness every morning. You need to put on humility every morning. You need to put on patience every morning. You actually got to put it on. You got to wear it. And the reason why he's saying that you've got to put this stuff on is because it doesn't come naturally to us to put that on. And then he goes on in verse 13. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Oh, no, why did you say that? Why do I have to forgive others like you've forgiven me? Why can't I just forgive them how they forgave me? Why do I have to do it to your level? Because Jesus is trying to say, this is what I want to identify you. That when people see you, they're going to know that you're a follower because you have these things on your life. In fact, if you want to be as compassionate as God was to you, if you want to be as kind as God was to you, if you want to be as humble as God was to you, if you want to be as gentle as God was with you, and you want to have patience as God did with you, then you have to put these things on. Because it won't come naturally to you. You all know those times you promised God and that you'd never do that again and then you broke that promise and he was patient with you, wasn't he? He was patient with you. And he's really saying, how I am with you, that's how I want you to be with others. I want you to be known for extending the same patience, the same compassion, the same kindness, the same gentleness as I extended to you. I want that to be what people know about you. And then he goes on in verse 14, and he says, and over all of these virtues, over compassion, over kindness, over gentleness, over humility, over patience, over forgiveness, over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In other words, he's saying, the coat that goes over the top of all this is love. The coat that goes over the top of all these things and puts them all together and makes them work in unity is love. And you're like, man, that's really nice, Craig, but how does that work in real life? Yes. How does it work in real life when I turn up to work tomorrow and I got this boss who, can I just say, doesn't show much of Jesus at all? You know, I I expect to hear messages in church on compassion. I expect to hear messages about kindness and gentleness and love and patience. And, but, but that's all really nice to hear a message, but how does that work in the real world? Well, there's two things that help me take things seriously. The first thing is this, is I can take this seriously about putting these things on every day because of who said that we should do it, and it was Jesus. Jesus said, you should put this stuff on. And so if Jesus says that we should put this stuff on, then I've got to take it seriously. If Jesus says, you know, you know I don't know about you, but Jesus says that he's the God that heal, heals you. And so you want to take healing seriously. But he's also the God that says, show compassion, show gentleness, show kindness, show patience, show love, show forgiveness. And so we should take that just as seriously as we take anything else. And so because Jesus said it, I, I have to take it seriously, but it doesn't come naturally to me. It just, it's just not a natural thing, is it? You know, 
It's not natural when somebody's frustrating you to show them patience. It's not natural to show kindness to somebody who's never shown kindness to you. It's not a natural thing. It's quite a hard, difficult thing to be able to do. But Jesus said, we have to wear these things so that people know that you're a follower of me. It's not a hopefully, it's not if you, because Jesus doesn't want people to know you or identify you because of what you do on a Sunday between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. People, he wants them to identify you. He wants them to know you by how you treat other people, by the way that we treat others. And that's why I believe that we need to put these things on every day, that we need to wake up in the morning. And, and I've started doing that this week, and I want to encourage you to get up in the morning and go, today, God, I put on compassion. Today, God, I put on kindness. Today, God, I put on humility. Today, God, I put on gentleness. Today, God, I put on patience. As Chris gets up in the morning, I put on patience when having to deal with my apprentices at work. I'm putting on patience this morning, especially when I'm dealing with Gillian. I put on this morning. You know, and you start to choose to put these things on and, and when things start to go a little bit wacky at home or start to go a little bit wacky in the, in the workplace, we stop for a moment. We, we just find some way that we can halt ourselves in that moment and go, hold on, I need to show compassion in this moment. I need to show kindness in this moment. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, the idea is as you get ready for work and as you're driving to work and as you do these things, we're putting them on. And Jesus said this, and I want to come right back, and I'm going to finish on this this morning. Right back to what we started in John 13, 34. And Jesus said, this new command I give you, love one another. And Jesus had to give it as a command because he understands that it's really hard to do this. It's really hard to do this. So he says, I've got to give you this new command. Love others like I love you. Show compassion. Show kindness, show humility, show gentleness, show patience, show love, show forgiveness. Clove yourselves is something we have to do every single day. Because you know what? We can make a choice this morning. I think for too long, Christianity has been about, some people have made it about making a point, when really it should be about making a difference. You can be somebody who makes a point, or you can be somebody who makes a difference. You can be somebody who makes a point to somebody in their lives. Ah, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That was a stupid decision. Or you can be someone who makes a difference by showing them compassion. You see, a difference is made in church and in your family and in your kids and in your workplace and in your school and our community when people experience a genuine compassion, an extraordinary kindness, a gentleness that seems beyond compassion you know, beyond ability and a patience that just loves people no matter what's going on. And when we love the people the way that our Heavenly Father loved us through Christ, His Son, you know what? We're going to reach the people we love. If we're going to reach those people we love, we're going to reach the people that we need to reach. Friend, we can't be half-dressed and we can't be undressed. We have to be fully dressed and these things. We need to clothe ourselves. I encourage you as you get up this tomorrow morning or as you drive to work tomorrow, whatever it is that you're doing, say, God, help me today. 
I'll put on compassion. I put on kindness. I put on humility. I put on gentleness. I put on patience. As I'm dealing with the kids today, God, help me to show compassion. Help me to show kindness. Help me to show... Now, what I'm saying in all of that is that it doesn't mean that we just ignore everything that's going on in people's lives. It's just the way that we approach it is we approach it out of love, not out of frustration, not out of what we think, not out of what, how we think it should happen, but we dial ourselves down and we get to them because just like God's overwhelming love made a difference in you, your overwhelming love can make a difference in others. Just like Jesus' overwhelming love of compassion, of kindness, of humility, of gentleness, and of patience made a difference in you. If we put that clothing on, we can make a difference in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our community. Because people will say, he must be, she must be a follower of Christ because look what they're wearing. Look what they're wearing. See, what the world needs is to see what true followers look like. And the great thing about Jesus is he's not asking you to tick a box and he's not asking you to do a whole lot of bunch of rules. He's just saying, can we just love people the way that I love you? Can we do that? You see, it doesn't matter what background you're from. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a, an atheist or it doesn't even matter if you're a Green Party supporter. You can still do these things. Show compassion. And that's the great thing. When Jesus said to be a follower of me, it's not about you having to get your life right and it's not about you having to believe everything. It's just follow me. It's just follow me. And he's saying, follow me in this. And he's saying, show the compassion. Show the kindness. Show the humility. Show the gentleness. Show the patience. I don't know about you, but if I could put that clothing on, if I could wear that every single day of my life, then I won't be able to help myself but become more like him. Because that's what he has done. He has shown me compassion. He has shown me kindness. He has shown me humility. He has shown me gentleness. And he has shown me patience. And there's not a person in this place this morning, whether you know him or you don't know him, that has not experienced the compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience of Father God in your life. You may not recognize it, but it's been shown. And he showed it when he sent his son to die on the cross for you and I, because prior to him coming, our sin deserved death. But when Jesus came, he paid the price for our sins so that we didn't have to. And then he didn't turn around and says, look, I'll send my son to die on the cross on one condition, that you give my life to you. No, he never ever said that. He never ever said you have to pray this prayer. And that's the condition. He just said, hey, come follow me. Come follow me with your sin. Come follow me with your unbelief. Come follow me with your doubts. Come follow me with your questions. And as you start to follow me, you'll understand that my goal for you is to live a life without fear, that you don't have to fear anything that comes your way and that you'll be able to show to every single person around you, that family member that you struggle with, the work guy that you 
feel like killing half the time, your husband that you're frustrated with, your children that are away from God and, and you don't know what to do. And God is saying, man, if you would just clothe yourself with these things, it's so attractive. Compassion, kindness, humility. You're getting sick of me saying it. Gentleness, patience. Those things are so attractive that people are going to come and go, man, you must be a follower of Jesus Christ. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning?